Movies by Minute podcast of the 1981 horror classic written and directed by John Landis, an American Well from London. We're your hosts, Troy. And Adrian. And we'd like to welcome you on this journey. That Today's we're slowly crawling along at one minute every couple days. It's a very long journey. <laughs> Today we're going to be break down. <laughs> we are going to break down and examine minute number sixteen. Sixteen. All right. So and, and, and spoilers. We're going to get a minute ahead in the story. No, a minute further. We're not going to be ahead a minute. Ahead of where we are right now. Well, at this particular moment, then yes, yes. Okay. So it starts off with um, some nearby growling. And it ends with Jack saying, not far enough. So pretty much this whole entire minute is the boys just walking a little bit or doing a light jog. It's like or... they are they don't want to break into a run, so they run for a little bit and then start walking yeah. again. And they keep changing the directions of their shots. So basically it starts off with the boys trying to peer into the darkness to try and determine what it is that's making the noise. And when they realize it's moving, they both turn as the camera swings around them. Uh, Jack said, It's circling us. The boys end up crisscrossing their their uh, standing positions. And as they contemplate their plan... What's the plan? Plan? Which concludes with them not keeping still and just moving. Uh, and hopefully away from the source of the sound, of whatever it is again. Uh, David tries to make it seem like they're calm and relaxed. Well, Don't they have a compass? No, they don't have a compass. They went on a hiking tour and they don't have a compass? No, they went on a hitchhiking tour. Yeah, they're just going from, like, they... So they're not on a walking tour? No, they're not on a walking tour. Then why are they walking? Because they were going to the next nearby village. They were supposed to be staying... Okay. So, technically, they were going to try and find lodgings in East Proctor. Right. Okay? Which was their plan. They were going to yeah, stay in East Proctor. They, they were not given a but warm then they welcome got, there. And then they opened their big yes, fat exactly, mouths. And... Exactly. So, then they decided they were going to head to the nearest village, which, while it's not said in okay. the movie... I'm not going to just let you know. I what? know what's happening in the movie. Yeah. I'm questioning their logic and their and how stupid they are to be wandering around with no road. If they're on a hitchhiking tour, they're not going to find any cars in the middle of the field. Well, no, because they've just realized just a minute ago that they weren't on the road anymore. Because the road and the, and the grassy moors feel exactly the same underneath your shoes. Yes, they do. Yes. Have you ever been to the moors? No, have you? Yes. No, you haven't. Yes, I have. No, you haven't. You stop. <laughs> then Jack starts singing a dictation of what they're doing. That's right. A lovely stroll on the moors. Stroll along, along. So they believe it's it's a dog, so they don't want to basically anger the dog anymore. It's a sheepdog. Well, if it's actually a dog, then if they, as long as they, you know, they should just give him a granola or something and be on their way. These boys obviously don't have any food on them either because they were at the slaughtered lamb. They're not very well prepar prepared for their no, journey, not. are they? Jack wanted to be in Italy. Well, 
that'll earn Jack for not stepping up and well, cause sta- sticking Italy, to his guns. Again, Italy is where Debbie Klein is. I don't know who Debbie Klein is. Debbie Klein is the woman that he wants to sleep with, that he's been in love with ever since the eighth grade. Oh, it's an actual person? Yeah, it's not an actual like person. Not like a fictitious, yes. like an actress or something? No. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, whatever. Right. They would have been warm if they were in Italy. Yeah. All right, and then uh, it basically concludes with them coming up to a complete standstill as they realize that the creature is right in front of them. So there are several shots in this whole sequence on the moors and almost each one has a different move of the camera as it pulls in towards the boys sometimes it pans in moves around tracks them the camera is rarely still in this whole entire sequence i think it's to give you a sense of unease i believe that is i believe that is true yes uh plus the also thing is they're working on a very small patch of ground to work on so yeah so they've got to keep Back and forth, back and forth, in the same. <laughs> the person who's telling them where to go. <laughs> well, that would that would be John Landis telling them oh, where to go. He's just standing there pointing his fingers, and they're going, "Oh my God! Now where does he want us to go?" <laughs> I'm pretty sure that wouldn't be too far from the truth. <laughs> like more than likely, the, the 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 camera crew and all that are like all warm, dressly, and all that sort of thing. But... They're probably standing underneath a tent. <laughs> so over on the commentary track again david Naughton and griffin dunn are quiet at the halfway mark uh, griffin points out that how he likes the camera move when it locks on the two characters when it's when they're in the center of the shot uh, but other than that it sounds as if the actors are actually getting drawn into just watching the movie well, yeah, at the very beginning, they had both mentioned that uh, they had asked each other when they had seen it last. And Griffin Dunn had pointed out that uh, he didn't show his daughter till she was. Like, they both had mentioned that they'd shown their kids uh, the movie, and that at the time, Griffin Dunn's 11 year old daughter had already seen it. But, uh, yeah, so. So that's it for the commentary. Not very much. It's a very short, nothing much happening in the movie. Mm. Yeah. Uh, the script, the actual lines of the minute are word for word in the final movie. And a few camera and sound cues are different. Apparently, the boys are able to hear the uh, creature's footfalls, uh, but it calls for a POV where the the boys can uh, barely make out a shape, but its eyes eerily glow. Its eyes eerily glow, mm-hmm. and its breath is visible, and that prompts Jack's line of "Oh shit, what is that?" So for the radio drama, this particular moment of the movie, this particular minute of the movie, uh, much like the movie, the boys are being stalked by an unseen presence. Uh, The actual lines of dialogue are the same. However, the delivery of the lines are a little more dramatic, which is understandable. 
A lot of the fear of the actors in the movie can be seen visually. However, when you're restricted to just hearing what a, what is happening, uh, you have to add extra flair to make sure you're getting the feeling that you need to relay across to the audience. Also, again, the sounds of the stalking creature are more plentiful here than they are in the movie. And on that note, it looks like we come to the end of today's episode of Welcome to the Slaughtered Lamb. So, um, if y'all don't mind, I just have a small request. Uh, um, I don't, maybe you're Battlestar Galactica fans, I don't know, maybe you're like Canadian television fans, I don't know, but there's an, an actor who is a wonderful, gorgeous human being, um, Michael Hogan, and, uh, Katie Sackoff on, on Twitter and Instagram uh, posted a link for a GoFundMe for the Michael Hogan Fund, which is organized by Sherry Ulrich. Um, Michael Hogan was in an accident. He fell at a convention right before the shutdown from COVID. And uh, he basically, he's um, suffered a traumatic brain injury and needs a lot of help. And his family can't visit because of the COVID and everything. They need wheelchairs. They need a whole bunch of help. So if you could check it out, it's the Michael Hogan Fund. It's on GoFundMe. And even if you could just contribute a little bit or share the information, you know, on social media or whatever. This man is a wonderful human being. I've met him several times and, and he's a genuinely good person. And the amount that he gives to his fans, like just of himself is is incredible he he does not at all act like he doesn't he's not just looking for money when you go to a convention and you see michael hogan he's there to interact with the fans and he's a stellar human being and any way you could support him would would be great and thanks so that's gofundme and it's the michael hogan fund michael hogan fund organized by sherry Ulrich. all right please if you could do if you could do us that one little favor Please, whatever you can, yeah, thank you. whatever you can spare, is greatly appreciated. I think we'd like to thank everyone for joining us on this adventure, and that uh, it would be really cool if you were to subscribe to this podcast. Just remember to subscribe to this podcast so you get the notifications of all the episodes when they drop next. Plus, if you want to share, that'd be nice. And if you could rate and review this movie, that would be really great. Okay, you want to review the podcast? You can review the movie, too, if you want. But we need you to review the podcast, so that, thanks. Yes, there you go. <laughs> That's why you're here. <laughs> All right. And if you want to follow this podcast <laughs> on the social medias, you can check out Planet Geek Pod, all one word, on Instagram and Twitter. Plus, if you want to send us some email, you could address that to planetgeekpod at gmail.com. So remember, until next time, keep off the moors, stick to the roads, best of luck. Welcome to the swamp. Really? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs>